0: It is the doing of the Lord. It is the doing of the Lord that has made it well with our soul this morning. So we pray that Father, accept our worship, O God. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy, O God. We thank you for the path of mercy and your path of righteousness. We pray that Father, Lord, your people, you remember us today once again. And Father, you shall dwell in the midst of our worship to you, O God. That every praise shall be given unto you. Let every knee bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord. And there is no compared unto you, O God. Jehovah Yahweh, we bless you. We honor you, O God, for the testimonies. And for all that you have done, for the life you have given unto us, we pray that may the name of Jesus Christ be lifted up above every name. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We pray thanksgiving. May the church shout a big amen unto Jesus. Oh, shout a big amen unto Jesus. Shout a big amen unto Jesus. Your amen can shake your situation. Shout a big amen unto Jesus. The righteous shall live by faith. Shout a big amen unto Jesus. If you know that the Lord that you serve has been good to you, shout a big amen unto Jesus. Ah. This Sunday, the Lord is with us. And for the mere fact that you and I are here today we are living testimony of the greater works that God is going to do in our lives so I want you to look at your neighbor and say I am blessed to be in the house of the Lord if your neighbor does not tell you please find another neighbor that's willing to tell you that I am blessed to be in the house of the Lord hallelujah amen please have your seats Amen. Amen. For the sake of time, I felt the need of just leading the church into worship. Amen. Amen. And I always believe that this is what I believe. And you may not like it. You may like it. But I don't think worship is about the good of your voice. Hallelujah. Because I have registered in heaven already to be the choir leader in heaven. So when you get there, you see me. Know that I was in my training period here. Hallelujah. Amen. So I receive every feedback that the praise and worship team has for me at the end of church. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm not going to stop worshiping my God <laughs> because I don't have the voice. I will keep worshiping him because he's worthy. Amen. He's worthy. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I am glad to be in the house of God once again. Thank you for your prayers and your 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 support and your love, you know, in my absence as we my wife and I were in San Diego for a conference. By the grace of God, we came back, and thank you all for also praying for my children as well, who have been attacked with little, small, small illness, but the Lord is faithful. Amen. I want to, um, (coughs) there's a lot I want to say, but I want to at least take this time to just spend the time in God's Word briefly, Um, because it's necessary that I really try to complete what I began the last time, because the last time I did not finish it, right? Yeah, I did not finish it, so I have to finish it today. If the Lord chooses, if the Lord takes me to a different dimension, then mercy upon all of us. We'll continue next week. Amen. Um, but I want us to take our scripture to the Gospel of John chapter two, verses 13 to 23. And I've been I taught on the message: "Be prepared, be presented." And um it may not sound like a very good English, but it is an, an English word, and then you need to un- just understand where God is taking us. Be prepared, be presented. These are two essential things in the life of every child of God, and it's un- it's, it's unfortunate that we don't really deal with that that much. but as the Lord inspired of my heart, I felt a need that we need to really deal with these two topics: be prepared. Be presented. Tell your neighbor. Be prepared. Be, prepared. be presented. Be prepared. <coughs> Amen. Amen. Um, when we started this, I we took the scriptures from the Gospel of John chapter two, verses thirteen, and I'll read briefly. Verses thirteen go and says, "Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves, and the money." changes, doing business, when he had made a, sh- a, 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 he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, and poured out of the changes money, and overturned the table. And he said to those who sold, do- who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Verse 17. Then his disciples remembered, you can analyze that verse. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. So the Jews answered and said to him, what sign do you show us since you do these things? Jesus has entered into the, the temple And I've seen things happening in the compound of the temple that is not worthy of how God has made his temple to be. And he decided to clear out all those things. What came next was the people asking Jesus, what sign do you have? It's unfortunate that a lot of times we have become so programmatic to the fact that we need to see signs for us to know that God is here. We have become accustomed to seeing signs for us to know that God is with us. But I continue. Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you will raise it up in three days? It's a question. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them. And they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Amen. The disciples in verses 17, you have to keep in mind that this was not Jesus Christ saying that the zeal of the house or the father's house has eaten me up. The disciples in the scripture in verses 17 were the ones that remembered based on the actions of Jesus concerning what had been said in the scripture in the book of Psalm 69 verses 9. And I want you to think and ponder upon that briefly. Jesus has entered the, the temple. And the temple was in chaos. Because things that were not supposed to be happening was happening. And Jesus started to drive all those things out. Now, when the disciples saw the action of Jesus, it took their mind on the scripture. Can I say that? When the disciples saw the passion that Jesus used to drive things out of the house, it took their mind to a scripture. When the disciples saw what Jesus was doing, it took their mind into a scripture where David was quoted in the time of his problem and his tribulations, that some way, somehow, when he was talking about how everybody has left him, everybody has disappointed him. the suffering he was going through. In verses 9 of, of Psalm 69, he was not to say, the zeal of the house of the Father has consumed me. It drove the disciples to remember that very passage. Your life has to drive, has to be a testimony of God's word. You didn't hear me. Your life has to be a testimony of God's word. When we talk about the faith today, it's simply just the very fact that we 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 read about the hall of fame of the hall of faith because these people lived their life that reflected what God has said in his word. Amen. Be prepared, be presented. We are getting there. But why did the disciples come to this very place of knowing that there was something that Jesus was doing that took them to that very place of the passage? What was so important about it? Because they realized that what Jesus was doing was a true demonstration of how the Father's presence meant so much to him. Because in the midst of David's situation, in the midst of his pain, in the midst of his his torturing and his suffering, he came to the understanding that in the midst of everything else, it is the zeal of the Father's presence is what I have consumed me. Let's read it so I can teach you, so we can teach this very carefully. Let's go to Psalm 69. Psalm 69, verses 9. Now I read this last time, so we're not going to read the whole thing. But verses 1, God, it says, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep merry, where there is no standing. And I have come into deep waters, where the flood overflows me. I don't know whose life feels like this. Whereby you feel like everything has overflowed your life. Whereby you feel like everything else have overshadowed your life. Whereby you feel like everything else has mounted up so much that you feel like it is, it is too much for you to handle. I don't know what you have gone through or what you are experiencing in your life, in your journey. Whereby everything seems so bigger than yourself. I don't know what you were experiencing in your individual life, but this was the life that David was testifying of. This was the life that he was experiencing. And it continues and says in verses 3, it says, I am worried with my crying. My throat is dry. means that the man has gone to the very place that he has cried to the very point that everything felt so dry. He felt dehydrated from the tears of the pain that he was going through here. Then he continues in verse 4. Those who hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. They are mighty who would destroy me, being my enemies wrongfully. Though I have stolen nothing, I still must restore it. Though I have stolen nothing, I still must restore it. David devil was testifying about a life whereby some of us may go through, whereby you have done nothing wrong. But yet, you still got to pay it back. I don't know if I'm speaking to your life today. But you have to understand what David was reflecting here. This was David who was the king that God has ordained. He says, he's the man after my own heart. And you see the pain that David was going through. My God. You see the suffering that David was going through. It seemed so unreal. The how can God say that he loved me? How can God say that he has made me a king? But yet look at my life this very moment. And sometimes you may be at the point that you will question yourself and say, If God truly loves me, why am I going through this? I've been going to church. I've been doing everything else. But look at what I'm going through. Say be prepared. Be prepared. And hear what David continues on to say. Verse 6. He says, Let not those who wait for me, wait for you, O Lord, God of hosts, be ashamed because of me. Let not those who seek you be confounded because of me, O God of Israel. Because of your sake I have borne reproach. Shame has covered my face. Shame has what? Covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children. David, who is kin, appointed and ordained by God. I have become a stranger, an alien to my own mother's children. Maybe you don't understand the the, the deep things of this. But imagine your own brother or your sister rejecting you because of what you have come to believe in. Imagine everybody turning their back against you because of what you hold on to. That is the life of David. Now in the midst of all this, all this pain, Let's read what David said in verses 9. verses 8. Let me say it again. I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children because for the zeal of your house has eaten me up. Because of the zeal of your house has eaten me up. Because of my love for being in your presence, The house of God in those days was to reflect the presence of God, where God dwells. And he was saying that because that very place has become so dear to me, because I have the zeal to be in your presence. This is what I face today. In the midst of your challenges, the change agent or the change dose of your life should be the zeal of the Father's house. In the midst of your troubles and your struggles, your affliction, the change agent should be the zeal that you have in his presence. Because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, even though all things may mount up against me, I know that when I'm in the presence of Yahweh, the Lord will keep me. A lot of times we are searching for other things to keep us comforted when we are going through trials. We want everybody to tell us what will make us rejoice. But I came to encourage you here. What you need, the change agent in your pain is the presence of God. What will keep you in your tribulations is the presence of God. But not just any presence, but there needs to be a zeal to be in that presence. There needs to be a zeal to desire to be in that presence. Hallelujah. There needs to be a zeal. Because the more I am afflicted, the zeal of the Lord overshadows my affliction. The more I am going through my pain, As long as I keep driving the zeal of the Lord in my heart, it overshadows everything that I encounter. The zeal of the Lord has eaten me up. Hear this. So then I talked about when Jesus Christ was talking to the Jews, he talked about the fact that the temple shall be destroyed and be rebuilt. But little did they realize that he was talking about the spiritual things. So you may ask yourself that how does this relate to your own life? There is a good news. There is a good news. The reason why that relates to your own life is because the Lord has said in his word that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And because that body that was had to be destroyed, had to be raised back up, that you and I will be reconciled with God. You get it? Mm -hmm. The reason why when we talk about the body of Christ, it has everything to do with you, is because you have been born again and reconciled with God. So the body of Christ was meant not for a place of just saying, we are coming to spend the time and leave. But the body of Christ is meant for the dwelling of the Holy Ghost. The difference of all things is that we can't do nothing except with the Holy Spirit. Life without the Holy Spirit is a dangerous life. I say that again. Life without the Holy Spirit is a what? A dangerous life. Why do I say that? It's because if our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and the Lord has made our body that temple of the Holy Ghost, and he has chose to let the Holy Spirit dwell in our life, it means that there is a component about that creation that is very necessary for life. Hear me. The reason is because if you read the, the, the Old Testament, you realize that the scripture had been said. The people knew the word, but they could not see the word. When the word came into being, they did not recognize the word. You didn't get me. Go to John chapter 1. You see that. When the word came alive, the people could not recognize the word. But they knew the word. They could quote the word. Why was the word not being able to come alive for them to know that this is the word? Because the word came into life when the presence of the Holy Ghost comes. So when Jesus Christ was leaving. He told the disciples, do not leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. He also says in the Gospel of John 16, that it is necessary that I leave. Because if I don't leave, the helper will not come. You see, the helper needs to come for you to be able to live the life of the world. So the life that you live, you are not living it as any ordinary life. You see, you can read the Bible. Some of you have read the Bible in times ago, mm-hmm. but you read the word and the word made nothing to you. Mm-hmm. The word changed nothing about your life. Mm-hmm. But when you yield for the Holy Spirit to come in your life, yes. the word becomes a living being. Yes. It comes alive. Yes. So, and when you read the word and it says, for God so loved the Lord, the world, you don't just read it for a mere sake of a word, but you see how God has taken you out of the merry clay. Oh, yes. To the place. Whereby his love has transformed you. Amen. So when everybody else. Has given up on you. When your brothers have alienated you. When everybody has. Shamed you. I came to promise you that. David understood. That the zeal of the father's house. Has consumed me. Because in the presence of God. I have set It takes the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit is in us it brings the Word of God into a place that we have never experienced before the reason Christianity has become a social club is because we have lost the value of the Holy Ghost He says, when the spirit comes upon you, it shall give you what? Power. And sometimes we take the power as a place of walking about, and it's all about signs and wonders. The greatest power you have is the power of God's keys. He didn't get me. His word. You see, if you get, the, the when Satan came to tempt man, man. Fell, You get it. In the garden, true of us. But that same Satan, it wasn't a different Satan. The same Satan came to encounter Jesus. And he connived the word. But because Jesus is the source of the word, temptation could not strike Jesus away. Because Jesus was carrying the key of the word. I came to encourage somebody here that if you yearn for the spirit of God to enable you to work in the power of his word, then all you need in your source of life is the word of God. Because if you have the word of God, it doesn't matter what may come against you. It doesn't matter what you may face in your marriage. It doesn't matter what you may face at your place of work. If you have the word of God with you, yes, yes. it is able and capable, sharper than two-edged sword, able to pierce between marrow. I came to encourage somebody here that if your situation can make a difference, it takes the word of the living God. Amen. So David, had the Zeal? I'm about to explain some few things. Why do we need a zeal? For those taking notes, God bless you. For those not taking notes, I'll be praying for you. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) I'll pray for them. God (laughs) bless you, you're taking notes. Romans 12, verses 10. Can we pop it up real quick? Actually, let's go to verses 10 to 13. Can we change this verse? I mean, this, not the King James. Let me read it from my own. Romans 12, verses 10 to 13. It says Devote to one another in love, honor one another above yourself, never lacking in zeal, but keeping your spiritual favor, serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in what, prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality, verse 13 says what, never lacking in zeal, The reason why we need this zeal is because we are in our place of preparation. You may not hear this message again from another place, but I'll tell you the truth. Our current state is such a vital state because we are in a state as a child of God, a place called preparation. Tell your neighbor, preparation. Preparation. Let's go to John chapter 14, verses 1 to 6. I want to explain why we are in this state. Hallelujah. Oh, are we there yet? Your heart must not be troubled. This is Jesus Christ speaking. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If not, I would not have told you. I am going away to What? Oh, help me. I'm going away to what? Place for you. Good. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will what? Come back. I will what? Come back. Has he come back yet? Oh. So where are we? We are in a state of preparation. You see, it is such a vital thing because, let's listen to this. I will come back and receive you to myself so that where I am, you may also be. You know that that you know the way where I am going, Lord. Thomas said, "We don't know where you are going. How can we know the way?" Jesus told him, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." Jesus is preparing a place for us, and because of that, we are in our state of preparation. Tell neighbor, I'm in my state of preparation. That word preparation simply means to be ready. You get my point? It means that when you are in your state of preparation, you need to be ready to be what? Presented. One day we are going to be presented before our Father. One day we shall be presented. But in the midst, before we get presented, the question here is how well are we preparing ourselves? How well are we what, preparing our self-good? It is such a vital place when it comes to the life of a Christian. Because the state of preparation is one state that many of us, we have lost the, 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 we have lost the zeal for. There is no passion or drive in our state of preparation. But one day, We shall be presented. One day we shall be what? Presented. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. I'm coming to a close for the sake of time. I want to teach this very carefully. And why this is such a vital thing in our life as Christians. This scripture, most of us know, Gospel of Matthew 25, 25, verses 1 to 13. But we are not going to read the whole thing. I should just put it up, but I'll read some of the few verses. The Bible says here that it talks about the ten virgins. And it talks about five of them being wise. And five of them being what? Foolish. I read. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lambs and went out to meet the groom. Five of them were foolish and five were sensible or wise. When the foolish, lamp, when the foolish took their lamps, they did not take oil with them. Keep that in mind. But the sensible one or the wise ones took oil in their flocks with their lamps. Seeing the groom was delayed, they all became drow- drowsy and fell asleep. In the middle of the night, there was a shout, Here is the groom, come out to meet him. Please continue. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. Continue, please. But the foolish ones said to the sensible ones, Give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. Then sensible ones answered, No, there wouldn't be enough for us and for you. Go instead to those who sell. And buy oil for, for yourself. Continue please. When they had gone to buy some, the groom arrived. Then those who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was what shut. Five of them had prepared themselves. Five of them had failed to what? Prepare themselves. Now it is important that you study these two characters. Of those who had been prepared and those who had not been prepared. Because the end result was, those who were prepared got in. You didn't get me. All this we are doing in life. I told my wife last night. I said, everything else we are doing in life, the end result is that we have to enter into heaven. If everything that we are doing in life, if that is not the end goal, then I don't know what your end goal is. Because he said in his word that he's going to prepare a place for us. So the end goal should be that when the Lord returns, you and I will be what? Ready. Now what separate these two people from each other? One was wise. The other was foolish. The wise took oil with them. And I remember very well that I preached some time ago in this house about the representation of this oil. That it represents our measure of faith. Hallelujah. But then I got another understanding from the Lord yesterday. That there was something about these people It did not come natural for them to take an extra oil. You got to get it. I don't think it was a norm for them to take an extra oil. So what made them take an extra oil? Apart from the fact that the oil can represent a measure of their faith. It also represents their dependence upon the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I hope I'm teaching this for the church. It also represents their dependence upon what? The Holy Ghost. Why? Let's my last scripture. John 16. Hmm. Verses 13. It says, look at this word very carefully. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all what truth. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit does, right? He guides you into what? All what? Truth. And I said already the reason why that power comes into your life because you have the power of God's word, the truth in God's word. You get my point? Good. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak. Whatever he what? He oh, pr- say it with me. He will what? Speak. Whatever what? He hears. Good. A lot of times we miss when there is a period we stop reading. A lot of us, we don't like to read. But hear yeah, what the Spirit of the Lord says in this word. He will also what? Beclair. I want all of us to read it. He will also what? To you what the five wise people... Were wise because they had understanding. The understanding comes by you connecting yourself to the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, you don't have the understanding in his word. But apart from the understanding that they had, the Bible also says, if you have dependence upon the Holy Ghost, he will declare to you what is to come. So I can imagine that before they left the house, the Holy Spirit starts to nudge them. The master may take a while. So take an extra lamp with you. Because we have luck depending on the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we get up and we just go to our places. But when we can depend on the Holy Ghost, then every decision that we make, everything that we do, we shall carry an extra oil with us. Because it will not be that we enter into situations without not knowing what is to come. But the Holy Spirit may not reveal everything to you, but he will give you the secret things that will sustain you. He will give you the secret things that will keep you. When nobody understands it, you will understand it. The Bible says that Daniel had the spirit of what? Understanding. And there did greater what? exploit. The change, the difference between the foolish and the wise boils down to their dependence upon the Holy Ghost. Because when the Holy Spirit is upon you, then everything that is to come, he will prepare you for it. Yes. That job you are seeking to enter, have you dependent upon the Holy Spirit? That marriage you are seeking to enter, have you depend on the Holy Spirit? How much do we depend on the Holy Spirit? Because if there is dependence upon the Holy Ghost, then the Lord will prepare us for what is to come. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you to the very end. My brothers and sisters, my closing message is this. He has not left you. If you can only depend on him, he will reveal great and mighty things to you. Things to come, he will prepare you for what is ahead. Mm -hmm. You will realize that you become more or all of a sudden a prayer warrior before you used to be. Not knowing because he's preparing you to face the challenge that is ahead of you. You realize that you become more dependent on God's word. You, you become more in, interested in studying God's word. Why? Because he's preparing you for what is to come. If we can welcome the Holy Spirit in our life, then tomorrow by this time, God will see us through. The reason why I'm not troubled, and the word of the Lord says that do not be troubled or be anxious of nothing. Why is there trouble if the Holy Spirit is with you? before you enter into the very place that seems dark, the Spirit of God has already gone ahead of you. The reason why we are struggling so many times to try to juggle with so many things is because we are not depending on the Holy Spirit. But my dear brothers and sisters in the church, if we can depend on the Spirit of God, if we can wholeheartedly depend on the Spirit of God, then what the Lord will show us will marvel our sights. May the Lord bless you, Mary, rise.